Hi, welcome back to Being Human Cast. I'm Andy. And I'm Susie. So how are you, Susie? Doing all right. Excellent. Well, uh, it's been a busy time in the Being Human news. Uh, we've actually got news to talk about, which uh, is uh, is good. It's nice to have some news for once. A uh, bunch of things. Um, the BAFTA Award nominations for 2010. BAFTA is the British Academy of Film and Television Arts. So that's essentially the British version of the Oscars, I guess, sort of. Um, and the uh, Being Human has been nominated for uh, Best Drama Series. So there's uh, four nominations, uh, Being Human, Misfits, Spooks and The Street. Um, and uh, hopefully we might get something out of that. So let's keep our fingers crossed. There's also a category called, um, there's like a YouTube audience award category. Now, we're recording this on, well, depending on who you ask, either the 19th or the 18th of May. Now, on the, the BAFTA Awards website, it makes reference to the nominations for the YouTube audience award being announced on the 17th of May. So we were hoping to talk about it, but there's nothing there. So, hopefully by the time you all hear this, there will be something there, and there will be something that we can all go vote for. So, uh, I guess we'll try and post something up on our website, I guess, Susie, when it, when it appears. And uh, uh, I go from there. So, so, that's exciting. And also, on a BAFTA-related note, as you probably saw in our last post, the BAFTA Television Craft Award nominations... Being Human has been uh, nominated, or Richard Wells has been nominated for the um, the original television music score for Being Human there. So, lots of Being Human award type news. Uh, and then there's the other big news. I don't, Susie, have you seen the BBC's Being Human site recently? Um, saw it the other night. Did you see the Series 3 filming dates announced post? saw them but yep they didn't really pay too much attention <laughs> <laughs> well series three um they, they've announced the well shooting is, is starting was it like july three. 24th or something well, like that no june 7th so in under a month's time they're gonna start recording uh series three so um they'll be the bulk of the way through recording season three by the time that uh you get to start watching season two <laughs> yeah uh, but it's yeah, good. that bites. Yeah, but it's good that um, it's underway. So it just, you know, it's exciting to know that there's definitely uh, Series 3 coming. And uh, hopefully, uh, I mean, there's no idea yet when it will arrive, but hopefully it'll be back end of the year, start of next year, same sort of timing as Series 2 was. So, But uh, if we hear any more, we'll keep you posted. But obviously the, the best place to follow this stuff is on the... Uh, the BBC's Being Human blog, because uh, they tend to uh, give updates quite regularly, and also the Being Human Twitter feed. If you follow those guys on Twitter, they uh, they post quite regularly as well. So lots going yeah, on Yeah, and there. if people go in, if people haven't seen all of the episodes of Being Human, if you go on, um, there's two different players online that are playing uh, Being Human, full episodes. And if you just go to Google and type in watch being human season one or watch being human season two it'll bring them up and it plays it all um plays the entire thing 
So I'm just talking. No commercial or nothing. Where Hulu has that little commercial break, this has no commercials whatsoever. It's like uh, not Gizmo, uh, Gomo or something like that. But it's one of the first two that come up after you type it in Google. Huh. Okay. So I'm going to start watching Being Human if I'm not careful. Okay, well, we're supposed to be talking about Being Human, aren't we? Not not watching Being Human. So, um, Anyway, so news. So that was, that's the main bits and pieces in the news. So, yes, it's it's exciting. There's you know potentially some award glory, and justifiably so, for, uh, for Being Human. Um, and I guess this is, again, one of these tricky things that we're not trying to talk about Season 2 or Series 2 yet. Uh, but I can fully understand why it's been nominated based on what I've seen. So, and series three is underway. So exciting times. Um, that's the only news that I had. Susie, did you have anything else or see anything else at all? Uh, no, not recently. Okay, well let's uh, let's get straight onto our promo um, and then get back because tonight we're going to be talking about the final episode of the first season of Being Human. So it's the big finale, uh, and then obviously once we're uh, we're through this one, next month we start talking about the fantastic second series. So I'm really looking forward to that. So, uh, very let's um, let's promo ourselves out here. Answers to what is the weird show? Take one. It's a weird weekly audio show available for free. It's about an hour long. It seems longer. You understand it's free. This is very important. You understand this, right? Free. And it's still available at theweirdshow.com. Did you catch what I said earlier about it being free? The mundane media covers all that can be known. The Weird Show covers the rest. Okay. Hey, I kind of like that. Weird news, strange ideas, odd views. Theweirdshow.com. What have we got left to look forward to? Us refugees. The flotsam and jetsam of death. Maybe. If we still deserve such a thing as mercy, we find each other. So we're, we're back. Hope you enjoyed the promo. And uh, we're going to talk about the final episode of the first series of Being Human. So, uh, Susie, do you want to give us a quick recap on sort of what happens in this episode? And then we can get on talking about it. All right. So in this episode, we left the previous one where Mitchell had been attacked at his front door. And everybody's freaking out, and they get him to the hospital, and they think that their machinery doesn't work. All the doctors are getting upset at the machinery where they don't realize that he is just a vampire, so it's not their machinery, it's not that problem. But they're getting blood into him, and then um, Mitchell's, her name just left me, Mitchell's lover. Yeah, Yeah, she came in and offered him her blood so that he could get better. And she died peacefully and so happily beside him. I really think she did. Oh, I can't talk about that right now. Okay, and then and then Annie did not go through her door 
like she should have. She went to go stand by her friends and be with her friends. Uh, she cared enough for Mitchell that she gave up going on through that door, wherever that door was going to, even though George was telling her, go, go, go. I have Mitchell. You go. And then in the end, Mitchell was fine, discharged from the hospital. They were very happy to get rid of him. But in this whole meantime, Annie and George were having to go through the what-ifs, if Herrick comes after them, and all of this stuff. And good old George, he um, he goes in and he helps Mitchell instead of fleeing because Mitchell wanted him and Annie both to leave and not come back, but they all decided to stay and help Mitchell fight. And George went all woofy, and Herrick was in the room. And then George's girlfriend was in the same room with them and got, um, she got scratched. Whenever yeah. he pushed her back, he got, she got scratched. And I thought that was, uh, well, I can't talk about what I thought. Then he went all wolfy and Herrick went all shreds. Yep. And that was good. That was very then, good. Yep. And then you get the end bit with, and it sort of wraps up with Owen talking to, uh, to Kemp. So. Oh yeah, I forgot. Owen talking to the uh the police to uh what was the police chief's guy? The police guy name? Well, he's not police. He's um well yeah okay that's a strain. But yeah, he he guy's name's Kemp. I thought he was a detective. He was talking to there in the end in the mental institution. No, no, you wait. Yep, it's season two. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. I'm gonna start watching it this weekend. Yay! Good, good, because it's doing my head in. I just can't wait until we talk about Series 2. I know, because we've been kind of chatting about it a bit, but I can't wait to go a whole full head. But yeah, Yeah. I thought that was funny. Owen got his just dessert, I thought. He was sitting there acting so paranoid and telling him, well, well, they're doing this, and then they're going to do it. And she said they would do it, and they're going to come out. That was hilarious. So back at the very, very beginning, what did you think whenever they took Mitchell into the hospital? I don't really think they were thinking, was this a good idea or a bad idea? Did they even really think we could take care of him at um, home? I mean, take a vampire well, no, to they, a hospital? What were they thinking? Well, the problem is they had to get blood into him. And um, uh, Annie's not much use for that. And, you know, how were they going to do it? I mean, they had to get blood into him. And the only place to get blood into him was the hospital. And I think getting him into the hospital first of all wasn't a problem. Because, you're right, they just thought the machines were on the blink. I mean, this is... This is the uh, the NHS in the UK, you know. It's, you know there are times where costs, you know, it's a cost constrained, free free the point of use health service. So uh, <laughs> you know, things things break down every now and again, you know. So the um, yeah, so they thought the machines on the blink, but I think as George points out, there's only so long they can keep this up before people start becoming extremely suspicious. I think what was it his comment is, you know, that they they can't understand how you know how they had put so much blood into him. They don't you know, they can't comprehend how he's healing as fast as he's healing. And the fact that they can't actually find any kind of pulse or heartbeat is really freaking them out. Yes, <laughs> that was they were all one, thinking every bit of their machinery was going bad. Yeah. And uh oh, more commentary from your dogs. Uh-huh. So the, <laughs> the well, I keep saying your so. your pets know more than us. I think we should just put them <laughs> on. It'd be, it'd be easy. We'll just sit back, we'll have a beer, let the dogs talk. 
be much, much simpler. But um, no, I mean, so I love the whole the whole bit in the hospital, and um, I thought it was quite interesting as well that the if you remember there was the bit earlier on around um, when the you know, I can't remember which episode it's in, but the one where they talk about why is it that they can't just um, give up killing humans and live off you know animal blood or live off. Um, uh, blood, you know, that's been donated, and Mitchell's explaining then around how there's something missing from that blood. I mean, it sustains them, but it isn't, you know, long term. It doesn't give them what they need. Yeah, they start to um, grow weaker. Yeah, and and that's the problem is that Mitchell can't heal because they're putting transfused blood into him. What he needs is he needs, you know, proper arterial type, you know, human blood <laughs> with all the good nutrients in it. Yes. Uh, Direct, direct from the source of someone's neck. Yeah, um, and, and along comes Josie, and uh, oh God, Josie mm, sacrificed okay. herself. She sacrificed yes. herself for her love of her life. She did, and okay, yes, Josie. Mm, okay, <laughs> uh, for those folks listening in the UK, you know why I'm having a dilemma now. Anyway, yes, what? okay. So moving on, moving on. <laughs> not going to talk about Josie anymore, but no, I mean she, um, she, yeah, she sacrificed herself, uh, yeah, for Mitchell, and um, um, and Mitchell recovers, and they get him out of there before anybody asks anything else suspicious, you know, um, and you, you got the whole ongoing thing with uh, Nina trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And she knows that something's up, and uh, obviously she's trying to guess what's up, but there's no way she's going to, be able to guess what is actually going on. So, um, she's yeah, way off it, track when she tries to figure out what's going on. And then when George gives her that letter, she's like, "Tell George this, tell George that. No, don't tell him anything. Yes, tell him this and tell him that." Going back and forth and back and forth, and it was that was crazy. Yeah. So Mitchell's, you know, Mitchell's desperately trying to. Um, protect. I guess he's trying to protect, isn't he? That's the thing, uh, George and uh, um, and Annie, and, and give them a chance, and, you know, especially George, a chance. And the, you got the whole bit where Annie's really, really pissed off with George because George announces that that's it. He's going to take his chance, and he's, he's off, and he thinks it's fine. And Mitchell, off you go, sacrifice yourself, mate. You know, I'm off. I'm all right, Jack. You know, and. Um, uh, and Annie's really annoyed about that, and it's so frustrating because when you when you're watching it, you just know that George is up to something, <laughs> but um, yeah. um, but Annie can't see it, and it's just that level of frustration. Um, but uh, so yeah, so Mitchell's confronted, um, basically um, got up against Herrick and told Herrick that they'll. Uh, let him know where to meet. You got that great bit where Herrick and George face off to each other in the canteen, um, which uh, is a little bit of a uh, hint of what's to come. And and I wonder how much of that confrontation in the ca- in the in the cafeteria canteen where it was that it, you know helps propel George to make the decision he makes to take Herrick on himself. Um, it's quite clever that you know. The way that the, the symmetry that Mitchell intentionally picks the night where George is becoming a werewolf so that George can't be there 
but inadvertently he's picked the only night in the month that George can actually be of help. <laughs> well, yeah, because it, it's almost like Mitchell was taken on that martyr of, I've got to go back and take care of this myself. Y'all can't help me. I've got to do this myself and all of this. And George was wanting to help, but then it was like he was playing it in his mind. I'm going to do something because I'm not helpless like Mitchell thinks I'm helpless. And poor Annie was just kind of out, you know, trying to appease both of them when both the males had their own ideas, their own agendas, and they were trying to help each other, but they didn't communicate that quite too well. No, not at all. Um, and, uh, oh, I completely forgot. There was, um, there's that um, priest chaplain bloke in the hospital, isn't there? Oh, yeah, Who... he came in to read him his last rites. Yeah. Uh, it, it's so it's so funny the dialogue, isn't it? With like George, like you know, I'm I'm a Jew, and he's well, he's um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he goes a non-believer, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea. and um, and you got the whole bit with the uh, the vampires coming down the hall and the champion seeing them off, and that whole dialogue, and then that circles back later on where George goes back and sees him again, and uh, sees him again, and talks to him. And the chaplain asked the question about, you know, what were they? And George is like, oh, nothing, they're just men, just, you know, bad men, you know. And I don't know, I, I, thought I know why George, a... Do George I... is doing that. Sorry. You thought what? Well, I know why George is doing that, because he's trying to protect the chaplain. But oh, yeah. Personally, I think, in a way, I mean, if that was you, you know, you'd, you'd, you wouldn't believe him, would you? You'd know that he's trying to protect you for something, and I'd actually be more worried about that. I think, in a way, if he just come out and said, "Yep, there are a bunch of vampires," you know, but don't worry about it. You know? So at least the guy would know. So I don't know. I don't know if it was the right thing for George to do to hide the truth from that chaplain in that way. But uh, it's a, um, a fairly short part. But again, it all builds. It's coming up to that pivotal moment where George decides that you know he's not go run away from who he is anymore. I thought it was interesting whenever the two guys, uh, the two vampires were coming after him and George's star David deflected him. And then he even asked Herrick whenever he had Herrick in the uh, his little cage jun- dungeon area, you know, why does this bother you so much, but it doesn't bother Mitchell? And Herrick was like, because it means so much to you. Like his belief in his faith was you know, what gave it power as well, not just the object itself. Yeah. But that still didn't um, make sense because it looks like it would have done the same thing to Mitchell. But but it's to do with the, um, the friendship as well, isn't it? That's what you said. It's to do with the fact that uh, it doesn't affect Mitchell in the same way because um, the friendship between George and Mitchell, I think, counteracts to some extent. Ah, see, that yeah. makes sense. Okay, that makes sense now. So, uh, but, um, yeah, just thinking. So, Well, what about got... Annie's new ability? Yeah, well, Annie's just become uber-powerful, hasn't she? <laughs> uh-huh, just because she didn't go through that door, she's become mighty, mighty powerful. Oh, yeah, and uh, the... And you start to get the feeling that there are consequences for not going through that door. You know, the the the, the things that are starting to happen to her when she's by herself and stuff. And it's 
It's quite if you look at the characters, yeah, in, in general, look at what's happened you know, across the season. You know, this this first series is all about, for George's perspective, about George becoming comfortable with uh, what he is and and who he is, and um, being more accepting of that, and then trying to figure out how he can um, try and live a normal life with that as part of him, you know, and. Whereas Mitchell goes through this sort of cycle of uh, trying to become more human, giving up on the whole idea, and then sort of circling back towards it at the end. So it's quite interesting to sort of see the arcs these people. Whereas Annie, um, Annie's obviously arc is all around Annie finding out the truth about what happened to her. Uh, but I think Annie's arc's more open-ended come the end. You know, she's she's turned down the door. What's next? Well, what's next comes in season two, I guess. So. I don't, I'm not really sure what you mean by what comes next. Well, for for Mitchell and for George, you sort of see the way the story arc's gone. So for George, he's um, you know, he, was, he was seriously in denial about what happened to him. He didn't. He always referred to the werewolf as being something separate to what he was. And but then he the embraces of, it. Yeah. Yeah. And he accepts it's part of him, and he has to live and deal with that. And it's about him. I guess dealing with the loss of his former life you know, and everything he lost, and looking forward to building a new, you know, his future of Nina, you know, and so you see that sort of growth and that development in George. And in Mitchell, it's all about Mitchell trying to be more human, falling off the wagon, and then um, it's like you know, the born again belief of him, or what he's trying to do come the end. So you can see where it's going. But Vanny, the whole of the first season, really, the first series is really about um, Annie finding out the truth about her and Owen. And then the closure of that is her going for the door. Well, she didn't go for the door. So... I think she kind of empowered herself, whereas before yes. with Owen, you know, her whole journey was she was always a doormat, always a punching bag, and then she empowered herself and became her own boss and was like, you know, George was and Mitchell telling telling her, go. So here again, yeah. a guy was telling her what to do again. And she kind of embraced her own strength and said, you know what? To hell with y'all. I'm doing what I want to do. So I think she really no, stepped up right. to the plate. But I think it's, I think for George and Mitchell, I think there's, there was some closure to their journey coming into the first series. I think that's what I'm saying. And come series two, they sort of embark on a new adventure, you know, a new journey. Whereas for Annie, um, there isn't that same degree of, you know, I think you're right. I think she's become empowered by turning down the door. And it's, there's not like a, a neat ending for Annie. It's, she's just got to that point and now she's moving on. You know, I'm probably making no sense. It sort of makes some sense to me. Well, yeah, it does. But uh, but anyway, so um, you've got so all this stuff's kicking off, and um, you've got. I love the way that you got the whole bit with Mitchell on the roof waiting for Herrick to arrive. Oh yeah, that was great. Um, and then um, I'm trying to remember how. Oh, that's yeah. Annie Annie goes to the funeral home, doesn't she? Yeah, she goes to the funeral home and that crazy chick's there. Yeah, I'm trying to remember, why did she go to the funeral home? She oh, was going to confront Herrick. 
No, 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 no. It's the ghost. The ghost of one of the dead, um, well, one of the dead pets or food sources. Or oh, that's are. right. He said yeah. they all kept coming at me. Yeah. And um, so she goes to back to the funeral home to rescue the, the, the rest of the humans that are being kept by the vampires. And she is pissed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she is. You know, she, Oh, yeah, I mean, that's full fire and brimstone type, you know, pest. You know, she tears that place apart, you know. And um, and then, yeah, the and then you got that, the comet from uh, the one that, you know, that works in the cafeteria at the hospital, you know, where the penny drops from Annie and Annie realizes that uh, Herrick's been told to go somewhere else, you know. And she goes to Mitchell, and the two of them go running off to the hospital, and they you know, tell Nina to stay away because it's safer, which is obviously the wrong the one thing you can say to Nina or make her follow you. No kidding. <laughs> she was, oh, my gosh. Can they make a character that is more like a teenage girl? <laughs> well, if they, all they had to do was say something like, you know, well, anything other than it's dangerous. <laughs> But she wanted uh, an explanation. She had to know. Yes. So they, so they all go downstairs, and yeah, and she knows. She finally gets to see the truth that her boyfriend is, well, a big hairy wolf. He's a dog, man. (laughs) So, um, so she's like, oh no, I'm not gonna do that. That that's too bad a joke. <laughs> Sorry, I apologise in advance for even thinking what I was about to say. <laughs> oh, do you want to hear it? Yes. I was about go on. I was about to say she's liking the lichen, but anyway, <laughs> God, that's bad. In it's two in the morning here. Anyway, <laughs> so so yeah, so so you sort of think has Nina been scrammed? Hasn't Nina been scrammed? You're not too sure that there was some scrammage going on when George pushed her, and had George turned then or not, and you don't know. But you sort of forget about that because you got the showdown with Herrick and and uh, and George, um, and Herrick's still giving it all, isn't he? And yeah. you know what I was thinking the whole time? I was like, "You got to be kidding me! She's going to push her way in that room." With Mitchell, who is vampire strength, hello, and Annie sitting there trying to keep her, and you know, this little old gal can push her way through to get in there to him. And I thought, well, okay, Mitchell's still recovering. He's not feeling real well. Um, Plus, I think they're a little bit shocked. I think Mitchell and Annie are still trying to get their head around what the hell's going on in that room. Yeah. And, um, And she is pushy. Her character, Nina's character, is she's pushy. Oh, yeah. And so it, it's very fitting for her character to push her way in, but it serves her rear end right, you know, for getting yeah. hit or scratched, I mean. Serves yeah. her right. So, obviously, no more Herrick. And, um, yeah, Herrick, Herrick is gone. He is an ex-Herrick. <laughs> and, um, yeah. You mean a shredded Herrick? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, so... Um, so you think, yay, the all, all's well that ends well, and everything's going to be lovely now, isn't it? And no problems at all, and our heroes can head off into the sunset. That, that's that's season two, really. They just sit around drink tea, and it's all lovely. Yeah, right. Um, so but Mitchell um, is very concerned for George because George took a human life, and Annie's kind of like, 
well, he did a good thing. And, George, you know, Mitchell's like, no, he took a human life and he doesn't regret it. Well, I think as I said, he wasn't really human, was he? Yeah, you know. but but even so, it's a grey line. And uh, but George seems to be coping fine, and you know that 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 all seems okay. Ah, oh, but you um, don't know that at the end of season one, you're thinking, what are they going to do? Are they going to have George, you know, all of a sudden pull a massive guilt trip on himself and well, think, all of this? But I think, yeah, I think also you get the whole flashback bit with Mitchell. Saving George from those, you know, the vampires. Yeah, was it cafe or whatever? And, yeah, uh, where he so worked I in think, the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, so I think from George's point of view, there is a degree of karma to the whole thing that he's just leveling the score and paying Mitchell back for what Mitchell did before. Yes. Um, I think so, George uh, did a good thing. Yes. Yeah. Well, the, as you said, yeah, he finally embraced what he was, and he used that we you know basically the. The, the power that he now had to protect his friends because um, Harry probably would have killed Mitchell oh without yeah. even blinking an eye and he would have killed yeah. George and remember they were going to burn the house down yeah yeah to cause yeah. Nina so, problems I mean to cause Annie problems yeah so I think I mean I think in a fair fight Mitchell Harry could have been a bit I don't know you don't know how it had gone, but it wasn't, wasn't a fair fight because Mitchell was nowhere near at full strength. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so, so no more, no more Herrick. Um, and, uh, um, and then you obviously get the bit where Nina is checking her arm and her arm's all, all scratched to hell. And you're thinking, ah, okay. Oh, and that conversation between Nina and Annie when Nina asks how, uh, is it how, um, how, George became a vamp- um, vampire. How George became a werewolf, and she oh, said about yeah. you know he got scratched, and then she you know, after Annie leaves the room, she just pulls a, a, her, a jumper up or top up over us, and you can see the scratch marks on her arm. You're like, okay. I remember watching that for the first time and thinking, "Aw, nuts, girl! You deserve that." <laughs> That's so harsh. So oh, I watched it. She ran into goes. the room. I mean, she's a pushy dame in the first place, and she ran into the room, and it's like, no, 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 no. Had you stood back and watched from a safe distance, you'd have been okay. So basically saying that any any women with a bit of a gob on them deserve to be made into werewolves. Oh, no, no, no. Just if they're trying to get in a room with a werewolf. <laughs> well, yeah, but she didn't know what he was, did she? She, she should have read that... ahead in the script. She didn't do that. <laughs> Oh, okay. So this is the solution, basically. Is, is uh, <laughs> Nina was dumb because she didn't read ahead. So. I just think she was quite pushy. And had she just been cautious and waited, you know, but she cared about George and she thought yes. George was hurting. Yeah. No, and, and she wanted to protect George. Yeah. She didn't know what George was getting into and she wanted to protect him. So. Yeah, because I really don't you think know. she thought that George was... I mean, from the looks of it, George was down on the ground, so you would think he was the one being attacked. So you can kind of understand why she really did push her way in. She probably thought that Mitchell and Annie were not doing anything and standing there in shock. Well, bear in mind that she knows full well that Mitchell just recovered from being pretty significantly stabbed. Yeah. You know, so... So she may be thinking that the person that's attacking George or George is going after the person that attacked Mitchell. 
you know, which he is. But that's what she's probably thinking. She's probably thinking that the guy that stabbed Mitchell has come back and George is taking him on. Yeah, and it kind of uh, shows how much Nina really does love George, really. I mean, she if she's does. willing I mean, to go and push her way into a room, then she must care about him an awful lot, almost enough to, you know, use that L word and say love him. Yeah, no, I think she does. I think it's, uh, you know, um, so yeah. Um, but yeah, I was very surprised whenever that, I mean, it really took me by surprise when I saw the arm, saw her scratch on the arms. I really just, I did not see it coming. I really did it. Yeah. And then obviously, as you mentioned earlier, it all wraps up with, um, um, with Kemp Owens, uh, the, the psychiatrist type bloke. Um, talking away to uh, Owen and uh, revealing all, and uh, and then Kemp's mysterious phone call to um, Professor Jagged, isn't it? Oh, I know. Say, we found them. Yep, and that's it. It and, and so ends the first season or first series, depending on which side of the pond you're on. Quite and, true. Um, yeah, it's. It was a good ending think, to the first season. It was a good ending. Oh yes. Because like, it, it closes off what needs to be closed off, and it, it sets you. I mean, let's let's just recap. I guess where are we for the start of season two you know, for the second series? Um, we've we're got. On se- we're on episode um, eight of season two. No, no. What? Have, oh, never mind. My bad. I thought you asked <laughs> something else. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry. Um, yeah. So I'm just saying, come the end of series one, where 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 are we at heading into series two? You know. So where 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 are we sort of moving forward? So we've got um, we've got the George and Nina storyline. That at some point Nina's got to reveal to George what the hell is going on. Because come the next full moon, you know, she buys him. Spot. <laughs> yeah. So and. Um, and that's going to be interesting to see how that pays, pans out because obviously George is um, George is devastated. Well, George is the fact that George, um, when George became a, a werewolf, he couldn't forgive Tully, could he, for Tully, uh-uh. for, for Tully scratching him for ruining yeah. his life, taking away his yes. humanity. Yeah, and now he's so, done it to somebody. Yeah, so what's it going to do? I don't think so. Killing Herrick, I don't think it's going to bother George at all. Um, George turning Nina into werewolf, that's really going to back with his head, isn't it? But yeah. do you so think now at the, all that's gone? at the very end, I've got yeah. a question for you though. Whenever George was looking through the peephole and Nina was standing there and they were trying to get Nina back and she was like, no, no, no. And, you know, George Wolfie was looking through that mm-hmm. peephole, and Nina was standing there, and George calmed, and later him and Mitchell were talking about it, and George said, it was like I could sense something familiar about her, and it was like, I thought back, oh no, that's when he scratched her, and he knew that he scratched her, and she was another wolf too. Yeah, com- completely. I, I can't remember the exact conversation who it's with, but yeah, you're right. There's a, there was a conversation where they're talking about how Nina... Uh, made eye contact with George, and George calmed down. And but they were all thinking, oh, it's because you that, memorized it was Nina. Yeah. It was like, no, yes, no, no. when I first watched it, I believed completely that it was because George recognized Nina, and it's all to do with the true love between the two of them, and that love overcomes the fact that he's now a werewolf, and 
you know, he sees Nina and calms down. Well, I rewatched it about, well, a few days ago now before we recorded this tonight. Watching it again, I think I'm completely wrong. I think what the werewolf recognizes is an apple werewolf. Uh, that's what I thought and too. I went, no, you turned her into a werewolf. That's why you recognize her. Yeah. It's nothing to do with Nina. It's nothing to do with George. I think it's just basically the wolf recognized there was another wolf and therefore wasn't George, the attack mm-hmm. one of its own. Georgie yeah. Wolf recognized Nina Wolf and he wanted to yeah. have a little um, wolfy wolf time. Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be so wrong. Um, but yeah, it, it, I guess if, you, if you're listening to this and you have a different view or if you have an opinion on whether or not uh, George backed out because... Well, I guess there's three options, or maybe another option, but, you know, the main ones being, did George back down because he believed, uh, well, he recognized another wolf? Did George back down because he recognized Nina? Or did George back down because he recognized Nina and that she was a wolf, you know? (laughs) Um, So what do people think? We'd love to hear from you. Please uh, post some comments. Be nice if we've got any comments. Comments would be nice. Some some comments. Any comments. (laughs) You know? Opposed to just the comments we get at the moment, which are all in Russian and try to sell me something. Oh, so, which we don't want. No, we don't want those comments. So, um, but um, but no. So that's so George is there. Mitchell, um, you know, has sort of come through his dark points and is building, you know, rebuilding his um, uh, his future again. So it's interesting how that pans out and how the world about Herrick pans out comes serious too. And as you said, Annie is super empowered up and, and ready to go. So it's going to be interesting to see how how that pans out. So so you've got I think the characters all positioned with some interesting story arcs ahead of them for the second series. Um and then on the side you've got this new threat of Kemp and what Kemp's going to do oh, yeah. with the three of them. So, um, so yeah, no, I think it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic uh, ending to the first series. And I think it sets Emery up for season two really nicely. So, any other final thoughts on, I guess, this or the whole of the first series before we sort of close that down? I just, I think that this ending you know this season finale was a lot different from a lot of other season finales that this one actually gave you closure to certain you know plot points but then it left it open for others without too big of a cliffhanger where you were like oh well son of a bitch it left it there seriously you know it didn't leave you feeling you know all frustrated and ticked off you know at the writers you were like oh that was awesome finale can't wait for the next episode yeah. And I, I like that. I really do like that. Okay. Any other thoughts on the whole of the first series at all? Mm, I like the storyline. I can't wait to finish watching the rest of season two and catch up to where you are. <laughs> yeah. No, the, um, I think for me, I, I know I've said this many, many, many times, probably to the point of boring the hell out of our listeners, but for me, I think what's brilliant about the first series is just the the amount of content that are packed into each episode. And in fact, there isn't there is not one out of those six episodes. All six of those episodes are pivotal, 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 and canon. You know, to the core. I mean, really, to the core. The the 
the central plot. There's not like an episode thrown in there to, to pad things out or fill things in or just to buy some time or just to you know stretch the story out further. Oh, exactly. Every single one of those stories is jam-packed filled content. When you look back through the series, you can sort of see builds up until the moment where George steps into that room with, with uh, Herrick. So, um, so, so yeah, so that's for me what I really love about season one is this, this, just this level of content and, um, and just the way it builds and maintains that tension all the way through right up until the end. So, um, so, okay, well, I guess Susie, we've made it through the end of the series, the first series, and uh, I think we've got to go to a promo, I think, now. I think. Don't know. Does that sound right to you? Yep. Promo time. Promo time. So, uh, yep. So, we'll, um, we'll wrap this up. We'll go have a promo, and then we're back in a minute or two to uh, just to, to close off tonight's show. We'll see you later. Okay. I'll see you later, guys. This is Bob. Before, Bob relied on the internet to enhance his geek status. <laughs> After using Technorama for natural geek enhancement, Bob is rolling his 20-sided die, reciting Holy Grail lines, and answering Star Trek trivia with the best of them. And he has a happy missus at the home, too. Technorama for natural geek enhancement. Only available at ChuckChat.com. Okay, and we're uh, we're back. So I hope you enjoy the promo. And uh, what a great promo! And uh, I hope you uh, enjoyed our discussion on the uh, the end of the first series. So um, that's all we, I guess, we really want to talk about today. Um, we'll be back, obviously, in a couple of weeks' time with our next mini episode, and then a couple of weeks after that, we'll have our first conversation about the second series. So, in the meanwhile, as per usual, we'd love to have some comments. Uh, we'd love to have some feedback from you guys. We'd love to have some more while of being human stories. So, um, if you want to share your, your story with us, then uh, please do so. Um, obviously, if you can send us an MP3 type file in the post, that'd be great. Um, so, you can email us that. Um, if not, then... There are some other options. You could leave us a message on the voicemail line, which we could grab as an MP3 and use that. Or you could even write to us and one of us will read it out. So there's a number of ways again. How about even expanding it onto what their thoughts of Season 1 were? Well, yeah. I mean, if you would like to share that with us as well, then please do so. So um, we just want to hear from you. So um, we're here. You know how to get hold of us. And uh, check out the website, www.beinghumancast.com, and you can look at all the... Uh, Contact us, links and bits and pieces there. And um, I think that's about it. So, Susan, anything else you want to say about the first series or about tonight's episode or about the website or anything else? Nope, just anxious to hear from everybody to see what they thought about the first season. I mean, write us and let us know. Be happy to read it. Okay, well, everyone, hope you're... Um, hope you enjoyed tonight's show, and uh, we'll talk to you all again soon. So, uh, bye for now. Bye. Being Human Cast is a non-profit podcast. Being Human is owned by the BBC and Touch Paper. No copyright infringement is intended. 
Music used is from Podsafe Audio. You can contact us at feedback at beinghumancast.com or via our website, www.beinghumancast.com. Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll be here. We'll see you later.